Smell some rock tests, eight o'clock. In my Gucci coat tests, eight o'clock. This is Boys Up Fantasy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Ice Up Fantasy Football. This is your host, the real Jorge. And with me today, I have the greatest co-host in the history of podcasts. I'd like to welcome in. What's good, everybody? It's your favorite doctor, Dr. Mario, coming back at you with the pills and the medication. Happy to be here. Yo, yo, this your boy, Rick Brog. Y'all know what it is, man. Giving you some exclusive content. Giving you guys nothing but the hottest takes the hardest articles, the hardest news for your fantasy lineup or just a sport world, just in general. Let's go. Let's go. I want to start off especially with tomorrow's primetime game. We got Thursday night football back, baby, with the New England Patriots starting with 6-6 six and six record going against the Los Angeles Rams, who are 8-4. and four. And this game is exciting because – New England Patriots are currently on a two-game winning streak. The L.A. Rams, they won last week, but I'm hoping they lose because the Niners lost a lot of traction after that tough, tough Monday night football loss. So this is going to be an exciting game. Bill Belichick, I know he has a crazy game plan. You know the hoodie. Rick knows a thing or two about the hoodie. What are your thoughts for this Thursday night football game? It's going to be a great game. To me, it's going to be a great game. You know why? Because, you know, Bill Belichick in December is one of the best coaches in the league. His record in December is pretty damn unbelievable. His December record is at 48 and 16th. So if you put that together, you know, Bill Belichick, come on. We all know we all know the hoodie. Do your job. That's all he bases his whole identity of everything he's had. And before we dive into the doctor's opinion for this Thursday night football game, I want to let our listeners know that LA Rams, they're favorite by five and a half points in this one at home. And the over and under is 44.5. Do you think the Rams should be favorite in this game, Dr. Mario? And do you think that they'll top the over under at 44.5? Great question, Jorge. I do not think they will top the over under at 44.5. The reason why is because um, both quarterbacks have had lackluster play this season. In particular, Cam Newton, he started up hot, but then got injured, kind of cooled down, came back to earth. It's been a string of else following those bad games. As well as Jared Goff, he hasn't quite lived up to how we imagined he would, being under Sean McVay system for a third or fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when the Patriots 6-6 six and six face off against the LA Rams on Thursday, they'll be coming off a short week as well and going up against one of the hotter and more complete teams in football. There is one major advantage that the Patriots have, however, and that's that they didn't have to travel between Sunday's game against the Chargers and Thursday's matchup. Bill Belichick said he went back to the hotel after the Chargers game and started watching Rams film that very same night. And if we know anything about Bill Belichick, if he watches film, he won't dismantle U.S. We all saw what he did to the Los Angeles Chargers and the rookie quarterback. I feel certain coaches Bill Belichick has a defensive advantage over, like Anthony Lynn, and I feel he will do the same thing to Sean McVay. I mean... He did it in uh, the Super Bowl. Not much has changed. (laughs) And I'm excited to watch this game because Cam Akers has finally come around. He's looking healthy. He's been scoring consecutively in back-to-back games. Jared Goff, he's a hit or miss. When he's on fire, 
He's firing on all cylinders. He's distributing the ball to his playmakers with Cooper Cup on the edge and Robert Woods. The last time they each eclipsed a 100-yard game was unfortunately against the Tampa Bay Bucks a couple weeks ago. But I see them topping 100 yards again each in this Thursday night football game. I know Gilmore's on the flip side. I know J.C. Jackson's having a defensive player of the year type of season as an undrafted rookie, which is just crazy to say. But I believe Sean McVay will be ready, and the L.A. Rams, they're going to bring it. They're not going to want to lose the division lead in the NFC West to the Seattle Seahawks. You guys also got to remember, Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded coach. I mean, if we look at the stats for what they did to the Chargers last Sunday, I mean, the offensive stats weren't even that great, if you really think about it. It was all defense. Cam Newton only had 12 completions for 69 yards and a touchdown and then exactly and then you have damian harris who has 16 carries for 80 yards you have cam newton's 14 carries for 40 and two touchdowns so it's it was all the special teams and their defense and bill belichick started as a special teams coach and then he became the defensive coach for the browns i believe for the giants then the browns then the head coaching with the browns and then the Jets, and then he went to, to New England after that. So it's just, you know, uh, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. New England, I don't care what people say about this whole Tom Brady. Uh, he made him better, blah, 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 blah. It was more about every team has to have the identity of the coach. I also wanted to add, gentlemen, that what Bill Belichick specializes in is he takes away your, your best weapon. And in this case, I'm not saying that Goff is going to beat you with his arm, but he has two of the most dynamic wide receivers who I believe lead the league in rushing. Uh, I'm talking about Robert Woods and Cool Cooper Cup, who have been quite a dy- dynamic duo this season. Bill Belichick is, I believe, Stephon Gilmore, not Stephen Gilmore, will shadow one of those guys and take him away from the game. And Bill Belichick will force the LA Rams to beat them running the ball. And if you guys look back at the season, the Rams have not not really found their niche running the ball. They've kind of been rotating between running backs as well. So it should be interesting to see how they uh, change their game plan or how, better yet, McVay decides to beat the uh, Patriots and Belichick. I also wanted to add that uh, the reporter Yanni Karakas put on his Twitter, he interviewed Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick was quoted as saying, it's almost like having a home game. He said that not having to travel is a big advantage and it's part of why the Patriots elected to stay in California. The restrictions are nothing new, he said. But this trip provides less opportunity to do things outside of football and the chance to focus even more on preparing. Having a Saturday as a day to relax and rest up before the game is ideal in Bill Belichick's eyes, and he's glad they're they're doing it. So Bill Belichick is ready, gentlemen. Honestly, I can't believe you guys are taking the Patriots' side because you guys haven't even mentioned the L.A. Rams' elite top five NFL defense this season. They have playmakers all across the field. Jalen Ramsey, Hill, the the cornerback that nobody talks about. He has had pick sixes in the last two weeks as well. Aaron Donald, not to mention Defensive Player of the Year. Brockers, the list goes on and on with the defense. They're filthy. They're fast. The front four, they're beefy. They're going to shove around that offensive line. I believe Cam Newton is going to have a very, very long day on the field. I see at least two turnovers for Cam Newton in tomorrow's Thursday night football game. And my predictions for this one, L.A. Rams, they're going to bulldoze over the New England Patriots offense. And I don't see an upset happening in this one. I'm actually going to give the edge to the New England Patriots because it's, it's a short week. Bill Belichick's team always come to play in a short week. And, you know, the Rams, they have been exposed 
multiple times, you know, this year. I predict a low-scoring game from, like, 20 to 17, New England. It will definitely be a game of which defense reigns supreme. Both quarterbacks, mark my words, will make bonehead mistakes and turn the ball over. Even, I wouldn't be surprised if when they rush the ball, both teams turn the ball over. A lot of turnovers I see in this game. And as Rick mentioned, it will definitely be a low-scoring game. However, the edge I have to give to the Patriots because in terms of quarterback, who am I taking? Golf or Newton? I'm taking Newton. In terms of defense, who am I taking? The Rams defense or the Patriots defense? Though the Rams would have the better defense in terms of coaching-wise, uh, Bill Belichick will take a guy for Walmart and coach him up and make him look to be a star. And I trust that defense more than I do the Rams defense. And last but not least, gentlemen, coaching, who am I taking? McVay or Belichick? I think I'm rolling with Bill Belichick, guys. So my pick is definitely the Patriots. And I see them winning 17-14. And you know this, man. Great predictions, you guys. I'm happy that, you know, we're taking two sides in this conversation. And we'll see truly what happens tomorrow. This is Eyes Fantasy. And I just want to switch it up now because, indeed, we are Ice Up Fantasy Football Podcast. And we have to talk about fantasy football. Fantasy football playoffs has finally arrived. Week 14 is here. The fans want to know who to play, what to do. But before we get there, we want to give you some more free game. If you listen to our previous episode, make sure to tune in as we gave you three studs that you should have for the entire fantasy football playoffs. And make sure to check our post on Ice Up Fantasy Football on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to check all our up-to-date posts on who you should play for the remainder of the season for the fantasy football playoffs. And with that, I just want to say that my must start for this week, I'm going to start with Thursday night football and talk about some Cam Akers. As I mentioned in the beginning of the segment, Cam Akers has finally came around. He has consecutive back-to-back touchdowns. He has been getting the lion's share of touches as an RB1 for the Los Angeles Rams. And don't be discouraged. I honestly feel like Malcolm Brown's time has come to an end. He might vulture a touchdown in the red zone if they're in within the five-yard line. But if not, Cam Akers has been the red zone to go guy. Also, not to mention, Daryl Henderson has dropped in the chart also. He is no longer the RB1 because he's like an explosive running back. He'll have one explosive run a game but not on a consistent basis because I feel like the NFL defense has studied his tape and they know when to clog the gaps and he hasn't been able to break loose for a long run. And also the LA Rams don't really run on the outside much. They like running between the tackles and Cam Akers physical body is a lot slimmer and he could easily squeeze through those gaps, the A and B gaps. If you know a little bit about football terminology, who are your guys's must starts for week 14. So we let our listeners know what's going on and get that victory. Well, my must start for week 14 is none other than the running back that I've been preaching all year long. And a lot of you guys didn't have faith. He had a little bit of a fumble problem that he had right there in the season. Uh, and then he was vultured by another run by other two running backs in the, in, in the team. Uh, in his current team that he's in right now It's none other than Jonathan Taylor Running back for the Indianapolis Colts Now we all know That He is a once in a generation Talent We all know the offensive line of the Colts That was supposed to be 
one of the top offensive lines in the league. And now, after a little bit of his rookie slump that he had and, you know, everything that just came with it, now he's finally comfortable. He's finally the RB1 in that offense. They're, they're putting everything together with him. I mean, he just been on the tear. Last week, not week 13, week 12, he was put in the COVID list, and he came back, and he had a pretty solid game last week. And I'm just talking about PPR-wise. He had one of his best games of the season. He had 23.5 fantasy points on 13 rushing attempts for 91 yards, zero touchdowns, with three targets for three receptions for 44 yards and one touchdown. You got to think about that for a minute. That's 23 points. That's with only 13 carries. Imagine if he has the full load of the carries with that team. Right now, we, we mentioned this in the last episode, what's the best way to go into the playoffs? A good defense and a good running game. What do the Colts have? A great, outstanding defense, and they need to get back to what the Colts are all about, which is a power run game. And Jonathan Taylor... Will flourish, and he's actually facing the 29th ranked rushing team in the league, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are ranked once again number 29th against the rush. So put that together. Ty Johnson from the New York Jets had 22 fantasy points last week. That's Ty Johnson, the third string running back. He put up those kind of points. Imagine the kind of points that Jonathan Taylor. It's going to put for you guys that are already in the playoffs. Go start my boy. And you know this, man. Excellent choices, gentlemen. It's going to be a tough act to follow uh, off those two picks. The doctor's pick, however, happens to be none other than a Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour seems to continue and be on track. Uh, Devontae Adams has a touchdown streak, I believe, that's going on for seven games, I believe. Uh, Devontae Adams caught 10 of 12 targets for 121 yards and two touchdowns in the Packers' Week 13 win over the Eagles. Adams found the end zone for the seventh straight game and reached 1,000 yards on the season. The 10-catch effort was his fourth, as was the multi-score day. Adams also dealt with a shadow coverage from Darius Slay and responded by bullying Slay on both of his scores. The Eagles' corner eventually had to depart with a knee issue, and Devontae Adams' first touchdown was a one-yarder on the fourth down after Aaron Rodgers failed to get the touchdown on the previous two plays. Score number two was a nine-yarder where Adams stiff-armed Darius Slay into oblivion. And Adams will be the number one overall wide receiver for Week 14 against the tanking Detroit Lions. Not to mention, he will look to atone for an early season disappointment when the Packers face the Lions in Week 14. A defense that's allowing 7.9 yards per attempt and 23 touchdowns through the air. But a unit that held Adams to 36 yards on three catches earlier in the year. So look for Devontae Adams to make up for the early season disappointment against them. Also wanted to add that uh, he has 178 fantasy football points in total for the season. He is ranked as a 29th overall wide receiver. But his quarterback is ranked number two in the league. So Devontae Adams is the doctor's pick. Great choice, you guys. Great choice. I want to switch it up now and catch you guys off guard. We're going to do the special segment of some rapid-fire questions. And my question from you guys actually came from one of our listeners. He goes by the name of Andy. Shout-out to Andy. He's in the fantasy football playoffs this week. He can't decide between these two players. I'm going to start off with Rick. Who would you start between 
rookie quarterback Justin Herbert going against Atlanta or Deshaun Watson going against the Chicago Bears on the road? Ooh, mm, man, 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 man. This is a hard choice for me. I mean, I, I, I would have to go with the double threat quarterback, of course, Deshaun Watson. The last four games, they've been putting pretty good numbers for themselves. And right now, Brandon Cooks is wide receiver number one. And then you have Kiki Kuti, who has come out of nowhere after Will Fuller tested positive for PEDs. And then you have uh, Watkins, the tight end. So, and of course, you have David Johnson and Duke Johnson. I mean, the Johnson brothers. Yes. Yes, exactly. The Johnson brothers. Yes, they're facing a pretty tough Chicago defense, but this is going to be the key for me, though. It's going to be about the weather. The weather for me is going to be key. If it's going to be freezing cold in Chicago, then I'm going with Justin Herbert. If it's a regular mid-cold kind of day in Chicago, then I'm rolling with Deshaun Watson. I'm going all in with Deshaun Watson. But it's going to it's going to depend on the weather. So, Andy, if you're listening to the podcast, keep an eye on the weather report. To me, that's going to be the key. Five minutes before the game starts, go check on the weather in Chicago and make your decision from there. I just checked right now. It's going to be 25 degrees. What do you think, Uncle Rick? Oh, if, if that's the case, I'm, I'm going with the Sean Watson all the way. Uh, the Chicago's defense have not been the top solid defense that everybody expected. Uh, Khalil Mack has been injured. Uh, the defense has been exposed a lot this year. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, I think they put a 40-burger on them. To me, that defense is not that good. And let's be honest, that offense is all the way to Sean Watson if the weather stays at 25 degrees. Excellent pick, Rick. I like what I'm hearing. And now I want to switch it up to the doctor. Let's see how he could do under pressure, under surgery. Right now, he currently has Andy again. He currently has Juju Smith-Schuster as his wide receiver, too. But on the bench, he has Michael Pittman, who is going against the Las Vegas Raiders. Or he also has, who we just mentioned, Rick just mentioned, Kiki Kuti going against the Chicago Bears on the bench. Do you think that he should keep Juju in his lineup or switch him out for one of these two wide receivers? Juju Smith-Schuster will face the Buffalo Bills this coming Sunday, right? You are correct. And on a Sunday night game? I have to go with Juju Smith-Schuster due to the fact that he has a better quarterback, in my opinion. I trust Big Ben more than I trust Phillip Rivers, even though they're both from the same class. Uh, Big Ben has uh, displayed the ability to spread the love amongst receivers more than Phillip Rivers has, in my opinion. Not to mention when they're in the red zone, the Colts have a tendency to run the ball in more than throwing it. I don't trust a TikToker. I would, in the future, Andy, I would definitely try to avoid TikTokers in terms of fantasy wide receivers. Juju's a known TikToker. But I would definitely stick to Juju. Always play your studs, man. Always play your studs. Michael Pimmons is rookie, and he has flashes, glimpses here and there. But you, let's face it, Andy, you're going after the playoffs. You're going into playoffs. You don't want to leave anything on the bench. Play it safe, man. Juju Smith-Schuster. The risk have been taken in the season already, Andy. You're in the playoffs, bud. Excellent choice, and thank you, Andy, for being one of our loyal listeners. I appreciate We appreciate the love. And if any of you guys who are listening right now need some last-minute fantasy football advice, we're here all week on our social media pages. If you want to personally DM us, you could DM me at the City of Champions, uh, DM the doctor at Mario.415, 
or you could DM Los Untouchables, Rick underscore Los underscore Untouchables, and we could give you guys some more free game without anybody knowing. Don't be shy. We're here all open arms for you guys. Your secret safe with me, baby. This is Boys Fantasy. So now I'm going to switch things up. Now that we gave an advice, I want to talk about some drastic disappointing tragedies man and i'm talking about the 2020 fantasy bust of the year and i would love to start it with my co-host rick rock who knows a thing or two about bust who do you have yes sir this year has been one of the most horrible years in fantasy football ever for me and i don't know why the hell i pulled the trigger on my second round pick with Kenyon drake running back for the arizona cardinals honestly it's just been a horrible season all the way around. There were talks in the Cardinals camp that Kenny and Drake look great, a.k.a. Saquon, great, a.k.a. Zeke, great in the offseason, even though there was no training camp, even though there was no OTAs. For some reason, man, I got played. I, I, I read too much into those reports, and it's just been completely horrible all the way around. All the way around. Now, this year alone, he's been injured, and it's been an up-and-down season for him. And even though the Arizona Cardinals offense is pretty dangerous, but Kenny and Drake had just not been able to work for some reason this year after finishing very explosive last year. And he's he won a couple of leagues for a lot of people last year. This year alone, he has 178 rushing attempts for 700 and 68 yards with an average of 4.3 only eight touchdowns and and mind this though he's had back-to-back-to-back touchdowns the last three games so if you take those three touchdowns he only had five touchdowns going into week 10 that's five touchdowns for an rb1 yes he's been injured but even in the passing game he has not been the type of running back that we all wanted to be. I mean, he's known to be a third down back, basically a receiving back too, a whole complete package running back. But this has his passing stats, 17 receptions for 93 yards. Once again, 17 receptions for 93 yards. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? No, God, please, no. That's how I've been feeling all year. Not going to lie. Worst pick I've made this year, aside from the Lamar Jackson pick. <laughs> but, yes, to me, by far, he messed up my whole season. Kenny and Drake, if you're listening to the show, hey, it's all love, but you messed me up. Man, and I have to back that up with a person who I reached in almost every single first round in all of my leagues. I was in four this year. And I thought Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, I thought he was going to be money, a super sleeper, because nobody had their radar in terms of the first two rounds for CHE. And for the season, on 151 rushing attempts, he has only been able to get 692 rushing yards, four touchdowns. He's also had 46 targets, 30 receptions, 234 yards, one touchdown. And in terms of double-digit games, I was expecting this week in and week out on a consistent daily basis. He only had five double-digit fantasy football production games in most standard leagues, 
which was really disappointing for me. I mean, he showed flashes of what the future could hold, and maybe in the future he's going to become that the round one talent caliber player that I expected him to be this year. I thought he was going to have a Ezekiel Elliott type of season where I just plugged him into my lineup and he was going to carry my football team throughout the whole year. But no, especially week 13, I do not understand why all these Yahoo experts, ESPN experts mentioned that he was activated this last Sunday because Andy Reid and the whole Kansas City Chiefs team really screwed me over, man. I just needed freaking three points to make a fantasy football playoffs by beating my opponent. But on the bench, I had Le'Veon Bell score five fantasy points who I could have started as my flex instead. But no, I, I was confident CHE. I drafted him in the first round. I thought he was going to be money, especially on a Sunday night football game. He had more time to recover from for his stomach virus. And I guess that diarrhea never went away. And he diarrheaed all over my fantasy team, man. I'm sorry for the graphic, but I felt horrible this Sunday night. Oh. So with that, I would love to hear the doctor's 2020 fantasy football bust. Thanks for that, gentlemen. Those were some ouch. Ah, ugh, you're killing me. Fantasy football picks. I have to, I have to agree with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick in particular because I had him in one league also. I actually traded for him in one league. But the doctor's pick for fantasy football bust of the year, I don't personally own him, but I, I will say that I tried to trade for him. I tried to move heaven and earth to trade for him because I had Drew Brees and was unable to. Doctors pick for fantasy football boss happens to be New Orleans Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, which if our fans were listening, he was the number one wide receiver. We all ranked him. He was the guy to have in every fantasy football. He's had an amazing past two seasons. This year, however, proved to be slightly different. Michael Thomas started week one, then left the game early due to an ankle injury, finishing his night with 1.7 fantasy football points. Then what we, we would not be seen or heard from again until week nine when he came back, had a lack, lackluster 5.1 fantasy football points. Following week after, 2.7. Then it was not till week 11 where we finally got, finally double-digit fantasy football points with 10.4, and he topped 100 yards as well. The following week after, however, was back to reality with 5.1. And this past week against Atlanta was 10.5 fantasy football points. And not to mention, he is questionable for this Sunday's game uh, with the nagging ankle injury he's been battling all season long against Philadelphia Eagles. He's a must-start, but take your chance on him, if you will. I personally will not, or I wouldn't if I were you. But Michael Thomas is a Dr. Mario's fantasy football bust this season, gentlemen. And with that, I just want to thank all of our listeners, especially for tuning in on a weekly basis, if not a, a daily basis, because now we bring in our content every day. You guys know our social media page and make sure to give us all the love. Watch that Thursday night football game at 520 on Fox and Rick hit the beat. It's easy, it's easy. You ain't knowing, but believe me. It's easy, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. What a wet, call it Fiji. Keep going, we'll need sleep. It's easy, it's Sipping on some rock till it's 8 o'clock. In my Gucci coat till it's 8 o'clock. This is... Always up! Fantasy!